Welcome to Inside the Monster with Steve Peralt and Joey Capone. Welcome to episode 27 of the official Red Sox podcast, Inside the Monster, with myself, Steve Peralt, and Joey Capone. The Red Sox swept the Detroit Tigers and are now 16-4 and in June. How you doing, Joey? Let me just say... Coming into this series, nobody saw this happening. No one saw this coming. No one saw this coming. The Red Sox win three games against the Detroit Tigers. Yes. Wow. Yep. What more can you really say? We'll see you guys. This was incredible. <laughs> we'll see um, you guys later. But yeah, I mean, unbelievable. Keep it rolling. I, I mentioned this to you earlier, or maybe I just thought it now that I'm saying this out loud. I don't know if I actually said it. Yeah. But the schedule looks so tough going ahead that every game is going to matter right now. And I know it, it's early and whatever, but I mean, this division looks like it's going to be tight. The wild card race anyway is going to be tight. This is one that a couple months from now, you might look back and, you know, if you had dropped this third game of this series... It doesn't hurt right now, but down the line, when one game really matters, you could have looked back at this one, but you don't have to. You don't have to, which is very good. I think the thing that I love personally, Joey, Mm -hmm. is that kind of to your point here, it's not another one of these win the series, lose the series finales. I was really getting sick of that. That was kind of the ITM special of winning the first two, losing the one that we're here at Fenway to record this show. So you get the sweep. As we said, going into the Tiger series, you can never guarantee a sweep, but the Sox were like, no, you can. We we guarantee we're going to yeah. sweep this bum-ass team, and that's what they did. And I got to say, Joey, it's super impressive because the Tigers have a Hall of Famer, and they still beat him. You think Torkelson's already a Hall of I Famer? I think he's already <laughs> in there. Do you, you notice I, how I took a sec to be like, name another Tiger, <laughs> name another Tiger? <laughs> like, I cannot come up with another Tiger. I mean, I just forgot right then that Baez is a Tiger again. How many times during this series was I like, oh man, again, Javi Baez is on this team. Yeah, no, Javi Baez is on the team. Mm-hmm. Javi Baez had a really good series, mm-hmm. and it didn't matter. Miguel Cabrera had a good series. And it didn't matter. The Tigers lineup stinks outside yeah. of those two guys. There's nobody else that they have that you can consistently expect to do good things. Even Shoop, Scoop, Scoop-a-doop, yep. he's hitting like 197. You go down the line, I think their team average, we tried to guess what it was and we were off by a little bit, but it's like 235 on the year. They just don't have enough boppers. But for the Red Sox, they mm-hmm. have now won six consecutive series. They are 10-1-2 and two. In their last 13 series, the Red Sox, as I mentioned, 16 and 4 in June. That is a 765 winning percentage. That is extremely good. If you had that over 162 games, that's a 130 win pace for the Red Sox. The June Sox are on a 130 win pace if they just did this literally every month of the entire season. Yeah, unless there's a petition to kind of wipe May and April away. 
I don't I don't really see 130 happening. It stinks because it had the season started June 1st. Mm. We all know they can maintain this. 100%. We all know that this kinda, is kind of like the Yankees and all their delusional fans thinking they're going to finish with 120 wins. But yeah, yeah Sox are buzzing in June. Uh, yeah. Since this is an important one. Mm. Since May 13th, the Red Sox are 15 and 0 when Trevor Story records at least one RBI of Story's 11 homers this season, 7 have either tied the game or given the Red Sox the lead. His three-run bomb against the Tigers in Game 2 was enormous. Also, I feel like they trailed. Did they trail in all of these? They did not trail in Game 1, but they trailed in Games 2 and 3. And and it was early. And both times the Sox got the lead back by the fourth inning. Either time, were you the slightest bit worried? No. No, Even Even today, and we're we're about to talk Michael Walker here. Mm. Even today... Michael Walker gives up a laser of a homer to Javi Baez when he mm. makes good contact. Forget about it. And I genuinely thought, I think that's the only runs he's going to give up. Like, I, yeah. I don't think, like, at right then and there, I'm thinking, and I think I even told you as much when we were talking about it, if Walker can just get through six and keep it at this, then they win the game. And that was before mm. the Red Sox have even gotten runs on the board. So, naturally... Uh, you have a couple of big hits today. Ref Snyder with the two-run homer mm-hmm. was huge. Jaron Duran, two-RBI double, was huge. Alex Verdugo, two-RBI single. And that was the game. Six to two right there. Mm-hmm. You, had, you had four hits that this, that uh, provided all the runs today. Mm-hmm. And for the Sox, it's just on and on we go. It, it's another series win, mm-hmm. and it's a team that uh, continues the buzz. They have scored the most runs in the American League. 257 since the beginning of May. Mm-hmm. And the Sox 30 and 18 record over that span trails only the Yankees and the Astros. Wow. So, there you go. Uh Rob Ref Snyder, if we can Yeah, let's talk, talk about a little, him for, little Snyder. For a second. A little Refy Snyder. He kind of has Bobby Dahlbeck syndrome in that like the fans love him uh for some reason. It's not that he he granted, you know, he's doing his thing right now, right? Mm. But he's not particularly flashy. You know, he's not dancing his way around the base path. He's not throwing the bat over his shoulder. There's nothing that, like, screams at first glance, like, oh, the crowd's going to love this guy. Yeah. But they sure do. They do. And today, when he hits that bomb, I felt it. I got it. I was like, oh, yeah, I just love to see him succeed. I don't know what that's about. But he's just he's just a likable dude, man. You just want him to do well. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that's been around for a long time. And when he came up here, it's like, just do whatever you can. We all know it's not going to be some long trip up here. It's like, do whatever you can when you're at the MLB level. He's hitting 407, and you got to think at this point that Ted Williams or any of his relatives that are still alive are getting worried Sure. that Ref Snyder is going to pass sure. him. I mean, as of right now, he's one point ahead of, of Ted's. 406 in 1941. It's been 81 years since the players hit over 400, and Rob Ref Snyder is is knocking on the door. Not only is he knocking on the door, Joey, he's ahead of Ted Williams. So and Ted Williams is ahead. <laughs> oh man! Just two, just two facts. <laughs> Joey, that's the funniest thing you've ever said. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that got me good. I'm crying. <laughs> Rev Snyder is ahead of Ted Williams, and Ted Williams is ahead. 
Uh, I don't even. I don't even know. <laughs> I had some other points to make, and they're just like gone now. No, yeah. I mean the, f- the funniest thing is that I was gonna transition into how into like when he was in war. <laughs> yeah, do it. He's a hero. He's a war hero. He's. Oh, that was so good. It was right after he hit four hundred six, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like the year after. It was like forty one that he hit four hundred six, and then it was like forty two and forty three that he was overseas fighting Nazis. Yes. So That's insanity. Ted Williams, this is insane. I don't think I knew this last one. So he he only played, I think, thirty seven games in nineteen fifty three because he was in the Korean War, and that was after he was in World War Two, like ten years prior. He's like, yeah, I'll go back. I'll go back to it's, war. I don't know if we talk enough about this. See, I'll say stuff like this, and then you realize, well, when are you supposed to talk about it? Well, it's just like a Tuesday, and you're like, do you guys remember that Ted Williams was at war like well, during his I think his everybody career? knows. I think we talk enough about how he went to World War II. Uh, he was like he was a True. pilot in World War II. And for, I did for not three, know Korea until For three then. years, It was though. three. That's the thing. 1943, 44, 45, he did not play and Major League Baseball. That was his age 24, 25, and 26 season. Wow. I did not realize that. Like, Ted Williams, who started playing for the Red Sox in 1939, he was 20 years old, led the majors in RBIs with 145. He had 31 home runs, hit 327, had an OPS of 1,045. This guy in 1940 led the majors in OBP, 442. 1941, led the majors in runs, home runs, walks, batting average, OBP, slugging percentage, OPS, oh OPS plus. I mean, he, he, led, he basically led the league in everything in 1941 and 1942. And then he went to war for three years. And this guy still and then, ended with, what, 521 home and runs? And what's nuts is when he came back, he was still that same dude. I know. He didn't miss a step three years in war sitting in a cockpit of a fighter jet and comes back. And what does he What does he do the, the year he let's, came back? Let's see. So Ted Williams, mm-hmm. in the six seasons after coming back from three years of war, it, it, on average, 340 each season. He had an 1,100 OPS. Over six years. Over six years. After three years off. After three years of war. I mean, that's in his three years after three years of war and eleven hundred OPS, mm-hmm. three fifty one average. Are you kidding me? Ninety five blasts. Like what the hell? So anyway, that's all to say because this surprised Joey and I. Mm-hmm. This is all coming. This is all coming off of Rob Ref Snyder. I was about to say we're going to get back to Ref Snyder. But this is why we're talking about this because Ref Snyder is is chasing history here, and it hasn't happened in eighty one years that someone's hit four oh six. So. On February 4th, 1953, Ted Williams arrived in Korea. Only 13 days later, on February 17th, he was on a mission to bomb an enemy troop base. He lost sight of the plane in front of him and flew lower so he could see the plane ahead of him better. When he dropped lower, he was hit by North Korean soldiers using small arms fire. Probably small firearms? I don't think it's arms fire. Anyway, all the warning lights in the cockpit were lit, and he lost radio contact. He was told by another pilot to bail out of the plane, but he didn't know his plane was on fire, so he remained in the cockpit. Williams was unable to lower the landing gear, but miraculously made it back to airport. He made his approach at 225 (laughs) miles an hour, twice the recommended speed. The emergency wheel latch only could lower one wheel, leaving him no way to make a normal landing. 
The plane continued over a mile on the airstrip and almost hit two fire trucks in place in case of an explosion. The plane, they, those were there in case of an explosion. I mean, that's, he basically would have, he, he would have been the explosion. Yeah. Williams dove headfirst into the tarmac to safety and was very angry to see the plane completely destroyed. <laughs> oh my God. That's crazy, man. He, uh, Absolutely. Another close call on April 28th of 1953. His plane was hit by anti-aircraft fire due to being forced to fly lower. Stop making Teddy Williams fly lower than he wants to. I think that's the issue here. Stop making Teddy Williams do war. <laughs> make him stay home and play Make people. him not do war. Yeah. So, yeah, he almost he almost died in, like, multiple crashes at war. Instead, he just comes back and has an 1,100 OPS. Like, that's... That's insane. It's so Rob so Refsnyder is trying to overshadow all of that. He's he's trying to and come in and he has a chance. No, it's been impressive. It's been impressive to see. And and on that same trajectory, Joey. Yeah. I want to talk a little Jaron Duran. I think we should talk a bit of Jaron Duran. Jaron Duran has been phenomenal since he's come back up for what the second time he's been good. Is this the third time? I think he yeah, no, it's the third know. time. Because he had one day filling in for Kike, who had COVID apparently for one day, mm-hmm. and then he filled in in Oakland because uh, Jackie had right. uh, another child, mm-hmm. and now he's back up again since Kike is on the IL, and he is really forcing the Sox hand to stick around. This which time. he should, which he should. And Joey, you know this. I'm not. I don't really schmooze with the players much. Mm-hmm. I don't talk with the guys that much. I've no, known Jaron for a little bit here, and I was just saying. Uh, to him in the dugout a couple days ago, because I play for the Red Sox now, so I was in the mm-hmm. dugout, and I had mentioned, like, I think you're faster, dude. Like, I think you're faster than you were last year. And Jaron's Jaren's a cocky mofo, and I respect mm-hmm. it. He's like, yeah, I am. I am. I'm, said, I'm, yeah. He's like, yeah, yes, uh, yes I'm faster. Yeah. And, <laughs> it's but like, he's, oh, man. But he also mentioned, like, obviously he wants to stay up. And yeah. so it's one of those things where it's exactly what you said, Joey. He's forcing mm-hmm. the team's hand. And it's I love seeing that because he was only going to get so many chances up here. Right. Like, if yeah. he came up in this scenario, hit whatever, barely over 200, wasn't really getting on base, which is where you need Jaron Duran for him to mm-hmm. be flying all over the place. And that's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He, he's, getting, he's getting hits, and he's getting extra base hits. Five of his 11 hits have been extra base hits. I, I, well, I, we're not going to jump the gun on series MVP, but... He's mine. (laughs) So, I mean, he's just, he's, he's lethal. He's a guy that at the top of the lineup, he reminds you of a lot of leadoff hitters. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say that. Like Mm -hmm. growing up. Like, I I feel like there were a lot of leadoff guys that we watched in our childhood, in our younger years. A couple other center fielders, maybe. Yeah, a couple other center fielders for this team. And he's got Ichiro speed, dude. Like, he, Mm -hmm. he is flying around the bases. And he doesn't have, you know, without a, a regard for, for human life. And you love to see it. Yeah, you're talking about, like, the number of extra base hits that he has. And I was thinking, like, man, I, I, you don't think of him as a, a power hitter at all. But then I, I realized, like, dude, an infield grounder for him is a double. Like he's, I know. That's what it is. He's beating out everything, man. He And he's stretching them. And part of that, obviously, is, you know, that he wants to, like we said, force the Sox hand a little bit and be like, yeah. dude. Check me out. You seeing what I'm doing out here? That's what he says to Corey when he gets back in the dugout. He's like, me check me out, bro. You seen me? Yeah, me. Uh, but yeah, you said it today, man. When he had his first hit, you turned right to me and were like, he's got to stay. I mean, he's, gotta <laughs> he's just got to like, stay. unreal. Like, he, he's awesome. He's a fun leadoff hitter, too. Yes. You know, he's 
because you just have a feeling he's going to get on one way or another. Even today, he reached on an error, but it still felt like it was his doing somehow. Yes. You know, the first baseman came off the bag, high throw, missed the tag, and it still felt like, oh, no, Jaron made that happen. That should count well, as a hit somehow. It's Javi didn't know about Jaron Duran when the series started. Mm-hmm. He, he, I, I don't think Javi Baez is out there doing a bunch of scouting reports on opposing teams, especially mm-hmm. for this Tigers team. But he had one earlier in the series where Jaron either beat it out or he barely missed beating it out. Mm-hmm. And Javi had a look in his face of like, okay, this kid can fly. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> this, is, this is not a normal... Especially even now, leadoff guy. Leadoff guys normally aren't just your fastest guy now. Mm-hmm. Typically, leadoff guys have a little pop. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a lot of managers have sacrificed that leadoff speed for a little bit more power mm-hmm. and a guy that has a higher, you know, OPS instead of just the guy that leads the team in steals. So uh Jaron Duran is he's the best kind of chaos in the leadoff spot. He's the exact guy you want leading the game off. And making the pitcher immediately feel uncomfortable. And the infielders. Yeah. Everybody everybody in the field, even the outfielders as well, if you get a gapper, I'm thinking three every time with Jaron. Mm-hmm. So you see him flying around the bases. You see him creating chaos. And I don't see how they send him back down. I really don't. I know. And I hope well, they don't. It, it, then it becomes a numbers game, right? It's exactly. like, who do you send down? Because it's a personnel issue, right? Yeah. You're still trying to get a solid everyday first base, right? Because Bob, Bob's hitting 230-something over the last, like, 30, 40 games. Better than he was at the beginning of the year. But He's still a 200 really, hitter on the year. That's really the one hole, right, if you yeah. want to call it that. With Kike coming back, like you, you cannot realistically send Kike Hernandez just like stay in Western. You <laughs> can't him, do that. We were talking right. about that earlier. We're like, what if they just told Kike, like, you got to stay in Worcester, bro? Like, I, I know Later. we're paying you what seven mil. Like, doesn't matter. You're just staying in Worcester. But I mean, if Ref Snyder sticks around too, and if if you know Franchi, it seems like he's here. Like, it, it, it does become an issue of. Man, the Sox got too many good guys, huh? I know, yeah. I know. It's, 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 it's an issue you love having, and it, it's mm-hmm. something that Heim Bloom has uh, done a really good job of, of putting together and, and, and organizing. And naturally, a big part of this, mm-hmm. too, is just guys playing maybe a little outside of what you would normally expect. I mean, Rob Ref Snyder, again, is going to pass Ted Williams with a 407 average on the year. We know that's going to happen. And you weren't expecting that coming into the year? So no, I thought it would be like 395. So he's. I would not let him hear you say that. Yeah, he's a good twelve he'd points be, over what I would expect. But then it becomes what do you send? Do you send Bob down? I mean, I hate saying that because I know he's your guy, but it feels like he's kind of been due to I be mean, sent realistically, down. Realistically, I mean, realistically, that's probably the first name on the block, right? Yeah, he's a fan favorite. He's obviously you know one of my favorite players in in, in quite some time here. Yeah, but uh, that's probably the first logical one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, after that, the list is really short of guys that you, you don't want to see here every day. The know? list is short of guys that you can send down. Like, mm-hmm. it's there's not many realistic options to, to send down there if if you don't send Bob down. But either way, Jaron Duran, Jaren Duran, shout out to you. I mean, it's just been it's been a different. Hasn't it felt just the lineups felt different? It has. I mean, it's it, got a jolt. It's weird because tonight, Rafi didn't play. But it still felt like there was an offensive threat every inning. Maybe yeah. not the first like two innings. I think they went down in order. Um, maybe even the first three. But um, I think it was the first three innings. But after that, yeah. it, it felt like there was an offensive threat every inning without 
your MVP caliber, you know, biggest bopper. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there are so many dudes who are, who are doing some special stuff this year. Um, shout out just about everybody in the lineup. Shout out Verdugo tonight. Um, with a hit ski, Vasquez with two. Vasquez had a big series. Um, you know who didn't have a big series? See, this is this is why I'm impressed with the the 2022 Boston Red Sox because say, because JD Martinez went one for ten in the series. J, JD's been been slumping. He was not great mm-hmm. uh, in the Cardinal series as well. Yeah. And when he's not going good, it's noticeable because he's always going good so Mm -hmm. the second that he actually has a slump it's like what is what is happening right now but that's why i'm impressed i don't care who the team is i've mentioned it before you can never guarantee a sweep the tigers come to town obviously yeah you should sweep them and they do with a guy like jd not really playing that well with devers taking the series finale off and getting rest which is nice he then gets the off day I can almost guarantee you Rafael Devers is going to have at least one homer in the Guardian series. He hits a lot of bombs in Cleveland, too. He's he's known to launch them there. So mm-hmm. it's just it's uplifting to know that not only are the Red Sox 16-4 and four in June, but they're winning without their top guys always clicking. Like, it's not before it was like Xander, Raffi, and J.D. were constantly playing well and no one else was. Now right. it's like they can pass the ball around a little bit, and it's... It's just fun to watch. There's more guys that are contributing to wins, and in the long term, that's what you're going to need. And you also have some holds in in your rotation yeah. and in the bullpen right now. Yeah, and and you're, and you're still winning games. I mean, so I mean, this team with an alive JD and with Avaldi, uh, hopefully, when JD's at some point not soon, dead, like the Sox are good. Yeah, when yeah, I prefer when yeah when he's alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, Avaldi, I'm sure. You know this. Maybe push back a little bit, but Garrett Whitlock seems to be on pace. He's going to be back for this Cleveland series. Yeah. So needed it. Um, it's good to see. Yeah. Yeah. Pa- patch up some of those holes that are there while you're winning. That probably means more winning, dude. That's how that works. Yep. Jeter Downs made his debut at the old ball yard tonight. Mm-hmm. What was the final line here? He goes 0 for 4 with three strikeouts and five left on base. Now, folks. Uh. That obviously sounds terrible, but I feel like he deserved a hit tonight. He had one out to left that I mm-hmm. thought was going off the monster, and it kind of died. Then he had a ball that he smoked a ball down the line, fouled by about two feet. Mm-hmm. Then he had one down the right field line, fouled by about two feet. Yep. So Jeter Downs, in my book, went a half for four tonight. He went 0. 0. 0. 0.5 for four. He went one four. for eight tonight. He went, he went one for eight tonight mm-hmm. in a nine-inning game. Um, I, I definitely want to... Just we didn't get to this in the short because that was obviously about Manny, but mm-hmm. I just loved this. So this was this was from Alex Spear. Jeter Downs says his phone was on do not disturb mode oh, yeah. in the AM of the day he got called up, and he missed a couple of calls from Woo Sox manager Chad Tracy. When Tracy connected with him, he asked, "What's the matter? You don't want to go to the big leagues?" Downs said he couldn't believe it and started crying. I've never related with a a big leaguer or a baseball player more than sleeping in one. And not wanting to talk to people in the morning. I am totally down with Jeter Downs not wanting to say any words to anybody when they had an off day. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, let's let's be real, Joey. We keep it honest on this show. Yep. Jeter hitting 180 in AAA this year in 53 games. Uh, he's got 11 bombs, but obviously not playing to the level he wants to play at. 
So naturally, he's not going to think on Monday he's getting called up to the big leagues. Probably not the first thought on his mind. Yeah, when he woke up that morning. No, props to him for going the like full length to straight up put his phone on do not disturb. Like I'm not yeah. dealing with it today. Yeah, I'm just taking the day off. I wish I had the power to do that or the ability because you know we can't get really do that i guess he can't really either because he shouldn't have done this because <laughs> then he got a call to go to the big leagues and he almost missed it what do you think would have happened if it was like 12 24 hours and they they haven't heard from him? did they just rescind the offer do you think they're like never mind i mean bro. they rescind the offer and they send someone to his house they I mean, send the police or something yeah, yeah, they, sure. send, yeah they send the cops as file of missing persons or something. yeah exactly yeah. jeter downs is missing but yeah I, I thought that was i thought that was rather funny we had the Derek jeter tweet about jeter downs it's do you get it joey it's because like he's his last name's jeter and then jeter downs his first name is jeter that, I didn't even put that together. Those that's the connection. That's crazy. And was he named after him? It's I mean it's like it it's like he was. That's crazy. Yeah. And then Xander Would Bogart's favorite player. Yankees? No, I know, I know, I know. He was number two. Number two, Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter says, had the chance to meet Jeter Downs a few years ago mm-hmm. in parentheses. He wasn't with the Red Sox then. Congratulations and good luck, unless you are playing the Yankees. Derek Jeter confirmed dad. Saying a tweet like that. That's how unless you're playing the Yankees. You know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> All right, have a good one. Now. Have a good one, Derek. But yeah, the Jeter thing, I'm okay with it now. I'm gonna hate it in like a week or two. I mean, he's probably not gonna be up here at that point. But um I think it's I mean, wait, isn't that the obvious move? You just send Jeter back down. Am I crazy? Like, isn't the obvious move just to send him back down when Kike comes up? Uh yeah, but now you're talking about Arroyo. Not right, right, right. It's Kike and Arroyo. I definitely yeah. didn't forget about our guy. Um, yeah, I'd say uh, I'm I'm Alex Cora. I'm High and Bloom. Mm-hmm. We're sending Jeter Downs back down. Mm-hmm. We're sending Bob back down. Yeah, we're sending Bob down. I know. I know. Is is this because I haven't talked to Bob in a year? Yeah, probably. Is it because he didn't get you that bat? He didn't get me the bat. Yeah, so that's why. Um, but anyway, yeah, anyway. I, I think it was it was a rough night for for Jeets. You know, he obviously uh, goes hitless, has three Ks. Mm. Um, I said I was going to give someone a brand new can of Pringles if he got a hit, and I honestly sent that tweet that thinking he's a hundred percent getting a hit tonight. I'm going to give someone some Pringles, but that didn't happen. So yeah. it's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, but he was he was seeing a lot of gas. They were throwing him a lot of heaters. He mm-hmm. seemed late on a lot of those pitches, so I'm sure that's the book on him right now. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how things transcribe, transcribe, transpire yep. <laughs> for Jeter Downs. Yeah, I mean, he was seeing 97, 98. I'm sure not, he's not used to seeing uh, all too much of that. Um, worth mentioning, uh, let's go Jeter Chance at Fenway. <laughs> yeah. Check that out. If it that, was, if that was not in the wheelhouse of Alex Spearney and Brown, who both immediately tweeted at the same time, yeah. both, both friends of the program, and I am fans of both of them, um, that is in a reporter's wheelhouse. Yeah. Like, I, is this the first time we've had a Let's Go Jeter chant at Fenway Park? I went to tweet. I, like, pulled up my phone and was like, oh, that's too... No. No, can't nope. do it. Can't Everybody's, do it. I'm sure, it hit me like, oh, that's funny. And then a half a second later, it's like, there's 50,000 people who've beat me to this tweet. You can't do it's it. It's already out there. You just can't uh, But I, it's cool. I kind of like it. It's like reclaiming the word jeter it's ours now yeah you know no i i do enjoy that and joey when we were talking about the manny line on jeter 
Mm-hmm. I took a little trip down memory lane. I guess not good memory lane. Whatever. I guess memory mm-hmm. lane doesn't imply it has to be good. Um, mm-hmm. And I watched some of the highlights from Derek Jeter's final game, which was at Fenway Park. I remember uh, working for Nesson at the time, and I was doing like a Red Sox tape shift, which is basically like you run back the sound and mm-hmm. you do everything that uh, that the producers need and that Tom Karen needs. And we that I mean, first off, that shift was an absolute nightmare because it was start to finish, just this Jeter love fest. And if you go back and watch it, they had like an Aretha Franklin like uh, what's what's the name for like someone that's the like a cover singer, basically uh, tribute artist. Yeah, tribute. Yeah, you go yeah. tribute artist. Like was doing R E S P E C T because oh, of like the no. the re two pecked thing and it R E two P E C T. Yeah, R E two P E C T. Find out what it means to spell. Yeah, it was it was tough. It was a rough watch, and I remember live thinking, "Are we really doing this?" And that team uh, was not good. That that Red Sox team in what 2015 mm-hmm. was was a pretty rough watch, mm-hmm. you know, before Poppy's last season the year after. So, mm-hmm. and everyone was all the good guys were on the IL. Like Petey was on the IL, Poppy wasn't playing, and so you had all these like jabronis going out there hugging them one by one. And he's probably thinking, "Who are yeah. these guys? <laughs> I don't even know who these guys are." But it was you know kind of an awkward situation. No, I guess not awkward, but. When he has like this chopper single to third base and it gets bobbled, it almost looks intentional, kind of like the intentionally grooved pitch to Derek Jeter in his last home game where he hits the walk off. If you got time, go back and watch that mm-hmm. against the Orioles. I don't know who the pitcher was, but it was the most obvious. Here you go, Derek, hit it pitch of all time. Middle, middle, like 87 miles an hour, and he slaps one to right like he's always done, mm-hmm. and the place goes, oh, couldn't have read a better <laughs> story, Derek Jeter. It's it's such a joke. The, but uh, the anyway. conspiracy runs pretty deep on that. On the, I used to do this other podcast about sports conspiracies, and we yeah. did a whole episode on it. Yeah. It runs pretty deep. I think I actually think that's true. I actually think it was groove too. I think that was 100% a meatball. I think just watch the pitch. Yeah. You know, I don't mean, even think yeah. you have to do <laughs> it. Really have to do much digging. We, we, we did a, a deep dive for like hours, and we found out that he grooved the pitch. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it's basically all to say that I agree with you, Joey. Mm-hmm. We, with Jeter Downs, mm-hmm. we've reclaimed Jeter. Like, Jeter is ours now. It's like you mm-hmm. using it to our benefit. But then if he stinks, then we we don't reclaim it. If he stinks, then it's like, oh, your Jeet is terrible. Our Jeet is a first ballot all of Ama. But then I think it's a win-win, bro. I'm going to flip this. Ready flip for it. this spin? Yeah, flip if it. He hate, if, if he hates, <laughs> if he stinks, <laughs> yeah. then people will be like, oh, screw Jeter, right? And, and then we whole, were always saying screw Jeter. And then Jeter. the whole thing stays. It's like that we can stay with this whole no thanks Jeter thing. Okay. No thanks Jeter. <laughs> I don't know how to say it without saying I know. what I'm really saying. No, no thanks, Gina. That's what we used to always chant. You know what I'm saying here? No, it's I know. A, it's a win-win. Because if, if, he, if he's the man in the next 10 years, we've got Jeter. That is if, true. If he stinks and for whatever reason says, I hate the city of Boston, the name Jeter stays as a villain. I I would tend to agree with you. One last thing on mm-hmm. Jeter Downs. I love debut days. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. a big part of us being here today, Joey, outside of, you know, recording our recap episode in person, which is always nice, was to see the debut of Jeter Downs. I got to say, mm-hmm. and this is just being honest, it's not the same kind of reaction you're going to get 
for a Tristan Cassis that you got for an Andrew Benintendi, some of these guys, Rafael Devers even, mm. more hype around him. And it's because he hasn't been performing to the level they would have hoped, you right. know, in the minor leagues. It, so it it had all the ingredients of a debut missing the hype. I think it was missing the hype ingredient that will come along with, with Brian Bayo, that will yeah. come along with Cassis and, you know, those guys. So a little different than you know, a normal debut, but it was still cool to see him up at this level. Sure. Yeah. I mean, he's your number seven prospect. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So here in your seven getting called up and you know that it's going to be for a short stint and you know, he's hitting 180. I think the correct response is cool. Nice. Yeah. That's exciting. I get to see it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was the correct level of excitement. From, I would, from no, I would agree. I would tend to agree. We got much more coming up on inside the monster, but for now we'll take a quick break. We are back on episode 27 of Inside the Monster, the Carlton Fisk episode Ooh. of Inside the Monster. And we got to talk a little Michael Walker. Little Carlton Fisk, which reminds me. Reminds me. We need to talk about the starting pitcher for the Red Sox on Wednesday, Michael Walker. When you think Michael Walker for this season, Joey, mm-hmm. what are just the top things that come to mind? I got some written down, but top things that come to mind when you think of what he's been able to do so far this season my first thought when i think of michael walker period is making uh making a day out of making sure that we were in our seats during spring training to see his first spring training start (laughs) yeah because i was like no i want to see this uh and then i mean that went how it went it was whatever uh so coming into the season with uh low expectations you looking for you looking for game by game examples here no, I'm just, just saying what, general what feel? general feelings. Considering it's what it's late June, mm-hmm. and he's got a two three four. Right. I think I think the general feeling at the beginning of the year was like he's overperforming. That's cool. We're going to get a couple of hot starts out of Waka. Yeah. And now it's damn. We're going to get an awesome year out of Michael Waka. I I said it before. Mm-hmm. I still can't believe he hasn't really had a lot of bumps in the road. I mean, there's been a couple mm. of bad starts, but. This guy is six and one with the two three four ERA, and it's almost July, and he missed limited time. The thing that kills me, and I was I was looking up the numbers. You know when you learn something and you're like, I should have known that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I I should have known this, and I didn't. So I feel like a Dumbo idiot. But to qualify for the pitcher stats, if you're a starter, mm-hmm. you need to have thrown one inning pitched per the amount of games your team's played. So the Red Sox have played 70 games. Okay. To qualify for the stats, he needs to have 70 innings pitched. And he's got 65 and a third. So while it seems like he's very close, he's four and Mm two-thirds innings away from having, like, the 10th lowest ERA in baseball, Mm. but he then doesn't pitch for another five games. So now his next start... He's going to be like nine and a third away. So, like, I don't, I say this to say, and we're going to just sound like homers here because we mm-hmm. said the same thing about Nick Pavetta. Michael Walk is going to get some all star consideration. And I just hope that, you know, it's not, he's what, three innings away from qualifying for the stats, that that would prevent him from getting an award, not an award, but a acknowledgement that he deserves. So he's three shy right now, right? He is four and a th- four and two thirds shy of qualifying. Okay. So, in theory, by that math, every time the every start 
you just need to go over five innings, right, to make up ground. It would be well. The the killer is that they would name these, they would name the all stars after two more of his starts. I think. So he maybe need, not even. He might only have one more start until they name the all stars. So if it's two, then he would need would to go be, seven in one, and then seven and two thirds in the other. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. So I mean, that's that's hard. That's hard. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's totally, uh, you know, it's physically possible. He would have to go Michael Walker to qualify for pitching stats by the time they pick all-stars has to go like 14 and two-thirds over his next two starts. Yeah. And likely has to win both of them. Mm-hmm. Which, let's be honest, if he's mm-hmm. if he's eight and one with like the same ERA with like a two-three and he's a mm-hmm. starter on the Red Sox, mm-hmm. has anyone ever had those stats and not been an all-star? Like, I'd... Mm-hmm. I'd be challenged to find that player so i think he has a chance is what i'm saying five and two-thirds complete game again yes i think that's that is move. actually wild that he doesn't qualify even with a complete game it's weird that he doesn't qualify and i understand i now know the rule mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel like walk has even missed time like i know he did but mm-hmm. like it was so brief that it's like really that was he probably missed what two starts maybe mm-hmm. and that's why he's not maybe three Maybe, but that's that's. I think it was two. He missed two starts. That makes me so upset, dude. I mean, Tim Anderson is beating Xander Bogarts oh, right God. now in uh, All Star voting at the shortstop position, and he has over a hundred less plate appearances than Xander. And he's just How not as you... good as Xander. Like that's. I think it's. Just I mean, they, they have there. similar numbers right now, but you can't really compare them when there's more than a hundred plate appearances difference between the two guys. That's that's crazy. That. Uh, that that uh, qualifying stat is what it is for pitchers. That's no, no, I don't weird. love it. I don't love it. It would be as of now. Michael Walker's next start would be Tuesday at Toronto. Yep. And then his next start after that would be, I believe, on July fourth at home against the Rays, which should be if it's kind of what they did last year. That's around when they announced the All Stars. So. He's got a chance. He's got a chance to be an all-star. He's got a chance to qualify for the stats by then. Uh, but either way, it's been impressive. It's been very impressive what Michael Walk has done. He gets out of a lot of jams. I know we talked about his baseball savant. You would have no idea that he's pitching this well if you looked at his savant go page. Look at, yeah, go it's look freezing at his, cold. <laughs> go look at his savant and just look at the red and blues in the top right. And, uh, I mean, quiz somebody. Quiz somebody. Bring up that his chart in the top right of uh, baseball savant and have somebody guess who that pitcher is. Yeah. They'll Absolutely. probably say it's Cutter Crawford. Yeah, um, not going to guess that it's a guy with a 2-3-8, 2 Easy to remember. Those numbers are uh, they're sequential. aligned and they're sequential. They're sequential. Yeah. Uh, the Red yeah. Sox are 9-3 and three in games that Michael Walker starts. As we've mentioned before, he's 6-1 and one in the year with a 2-3-4 ERA. And like I mentioned earlier, Joey, once he gave up that home run to Baez, I immediately thought, like, that's uh, why does it feel like that's all he's going to give up? Because he's had this happen before, too, where it's been some early runs and then literally zeros the rest of the way. So Michael Walker has a way of settling into a game. Also, he's a dude that's just never has any highs or lows. Like, he's such a consistent dude, mm-hmm. body language, approach, everything, mm-hmm. that I don't really think his whatever his, like, getting rattled uh, meter is what would it take? It's very low. Oh man, what would you'd it probably take? have to run out there and and hit him with a bat? I don't. <laughs> Jesus, 
<laughs> you'd have to assault him with you'd a deadly weapon. I really think you'd have to like punch him in the face for him to be like, nah, come on now. I could see I could see like somebody charging the what I'm sorry, was that your Michael Walker? No, no, no. I was hoping you wouldn't notice. I was <laughs> nah, hoping come you on wouldn't now. Know, nah, come on now. <laughs> you know, yeah, he's you know a soft spoken guy. Like, yeah, don't hit me in the face. Years old don't hit me bayou. in the face now. <laughs> come on now. It's a terrible Michael Walker. Yeah. I, I think if you charged Michael Walker on the mount, he'd kind of back away and put his hand. He'd be like, come on. Come he probably on. would. Think about it. Think he about what would. you're doing, man. The Red Sox in general feel like they get some runs out of the way early. Yes. You know, the pitching staff kind of likes to, you know, give something up, give up a homer. It's always onto the monster. And then we're good for a bit. We're good for at least another four innings here of, uh, of shutout innings. That's how they do it. Over the last 21 games, Red Sox starters have posted a 2.25 ERA with 109 strikeouts and just 26 walks. The team is a season high, eight games over 500. So last thing before our closing thoughts, the City Connect uniforms, Joey. Red Sox are 11-2 when wearing the City Connect uniforms. Cora had mentioned before the series that they would wear – I think he said – he's like, we're going to wear the City Connects on Monday. And we're going to keep wearing them unless we lose, which is a classic like we're not going to lose the Tigers. <laughs> That's basically like we're going to keep wearing these because we're playing the Tigers. But if we lose, then we won't wear them. He's like, all right, we we ordered three batches of yellow jerseys. Let's put it that way. They were they were going to win these games. They were going to win the series regardless. But a sweep is very good. And now it comes down to this, Joey. Mm-hmm. The team has never worn the yellow jerseys on the road. Right. And. I'm sure the issue would be a home team wearing whites and the Red Sox wearing yellows. But riddle me this, Joey. Why would that be a problem? I, I it it's not wouldn't. like it's ba- but it's so, not it's not like it's basketball where it's like the guys are all bunched up. Like you know who you're throwing out. It's the yeah. guy in the yellow, not the guy in the white. They're and different the, enough. Yeah, the white. The the yellow is not all too similar to white. Especially with I blue think, in the middle, like that's. I, I think the one problem, and this is a, this is just a beautiful segue on my part. Pat me on the back here, mm. uh, is the pants that they wear yep. white pants. Thank you. you Earlier go. in this game, I was I, it hit me. I was we're looking at the field where the Boston Red Sox are playing, and I'm like, it's the pants. That's what feels weird about it. It's that they're wearing white pants yeah. with yellow jerseys, yellow and white. Not really a, an outfit combination at all. After the game, Steve. Yeah. yeah so. I texted Alex Cora, and I don't do this often. I always save it for important things. And I just asked him, I was like, yellow jerseys on the road, question mark? He replied with three laugh emojis. And I'm like, uh-oh, that's that's not, that probably doesn't mean yellow jerseys <laughs> on the road. And then said, uh, what did he exactly say? He said, we need blue pants. Oh, that, uh, yeah, I left that out. That's what I had said, is that they need to wear blue pants. Yeah. Cora said they need blue pants. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. there's your answer. They need blue pants. I think the blue pants would be really, really loud. I think it would be I, pretty, actually. I wouldn't love looking. it when the Cardinals were wearing the blue pants. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is too much. I don't really have an issue with the white pants and the yellow jersey. I think gray pants and a yellow jersey would make more sense. And so just do that. If it, Boston Red Sox, wear yellow jerseys in Cleveland. This is our message. Joey, look at the camera. Yeah. Red Sox, wear the city connects on the road. Wear them on the road. Why not? Who cares? You're 11 and two with the city connects. Mm-hmm. Wear them on the road. Cora Absolutely. laughed at the idea. I think it's a great idea, and y'all should do it. Yeah. And now, Steve, give your honest opinion of the jerseys. Go. I don't love them, but the team <laughs> loves them. The Red Sox love the city connects, and I love the Red Sox. 
So wear them on the road. Wear them on the road. Why not? There we go. There we go. That's a beautiful PSA. That's going to be a, a great cut there. Yeah, absolutely. And that'll do it. Uh, any yeah. any last thoughts in the series before we get to closing thoughts? No. No. Not before we get to closing thoughts. All right. Closing thoughts coming up next on Inside the Monster. We are back on episode 27 of Inside the Monster. And before closing thoughts, it's obviously the series MVP. Right. And obviously, we did not forget about it. I will go first, Joey. Yep. I am curious of yours. I know you considered a couple of guys. Yep. And I'm very interested in which guy you're going to pick. Myself, though, I am picking Jaron Duran. I am picking the speed demon, the leadoff fast guy <laughs> hey, how else do i say fast guy i you should have seen my brain trying to come up with another way to say fast jaron duran hit 363 in this series he scored in every game he had two rbis and two walks and like i mentioned before he is the chaos that you want in that leadoff position my series mvp is jaron duran who do you got joey um, I got Christian Vasquez. Went okay. Three for ten, uh, two doubles and a home run. Um, it's a little bit of spreading the love here. Yep. But also, I mean, that home run was awesome. So. Um, he went uh, four for ten. He went four for ten? Yeah, he had a hit in every game. Then he's easily, I'm going to pick him for my series MVP I'm going to pick him for like the MVP of baseball. He, went, be- four for, <laughs> he went four for ten? Holy cow. Now that I know me? that. I'm no not- one's ever done that. Are you Holy serious? Holy cow. Look out, Teddy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got Vasquez. All right. Uh, closing thoughts time. Do you have one to start off? I got two. All right, what do you got? Right, I'm, I doubled down here. What do you got? Uh, I started to tell you this story the other day before we recorded the uh, the Manny short. Yes. And then we were like, let's save it. Okay. And then we talked about Manny on the short. So yeah. I didn't really have time to talk about it then. All right. What do you got? Okay. For the folks who don't know, let me preface this by saying the, this is the official podcast of the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. But the Sox did not tell us to bring this up. They didn't tell me to bring this up. This is not anything that we're not pushed by the team to talk about this thing. Yeah. In case you don't know, the Red Sox just auction off game used stuff on their website <laughs> yeah. all the time. Yeah. So you can go to just I mean just search like Red Sox Red auctions. Red Sox auctions. That's all you got to search. Yeah. yeah it's and, the first thing that pops up. And it, like every week, game used jerseys, balls, batting gloves. Some of the coolest items you'll ever see. Yeah. Which is what I saw this week <laughs> when I saw our sweet prince Jonathan Arauz's batting helmet. <laughs> our sweet prince. Our sweet prince. <laughs> Maybe yours. <laughs> and uh, my heart stopped. I was like, that's Jonathan Arauz's helmet. <laughs> First of all, I mean, he's a lefty, right? Yep. As am I. So I'm like, wow. when the, me the and the boys just never When ends. me and the boys go hit some BP, if I pull this bad Larry uh, out. You're like, like, we're both guys? Like, <laughs> we are similar dudes. We're from earth uh <laughs> but uh I, I mean i had to have it so uh I, at <laughs> game used right or team game issued, team issued. <laughs> not even a game oh my used. god it got to the number you're about to say and it wasn't even game used so i i submitted a 155 bid <laughs> and then i came back and checked and i was like oh it's over my limit and then i was like no, it's not. I don't have a limit. I'm going to do it again. And I hit it again. And I was like, but I'm going to wait on this one. And I came back and somebody had beat me by $10. Yeah. Uh, my final bid on that was $355. <laughs> 
I, I, and I, somebody beat me, but ten bucks, three sixty-five. Somebody got the Jonathan R. Ooze and team, it's issued, team issued. Team issued, not game used. Very important for difference. those for those curious at home, because I, I've had to look this up before mm-hmm. with certain items in the past. I always wanted a game used base, so I got one a little while back. And game used versus team issued is way different. Team issued, there's probably like ten Jonathan Arauz helmets. And then it comes down to which ones he uses if it gets the game used tag. Right. If it doesn't get used and it stays in like a box, like in the depths of Fenway, it, it's team issued. It looked dirty. I would say he at least took BP with BP used yeah. and he was diving. <laughs> he took it some cuts. Dirty. He took some at cuts the, and then he dove into the dirt. Listen, at the very least, someone's dirty hands touched this. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's hey, I, I am never one to hate on I love auctions and it was like growing up, it was just constantly going on to eBay and just finding something to bid on. I just oh it was it was a high. It was like I need it. And to the point where my mom was like, what are we doing here? Because like yeah. it was connected to her PayPal. And I would just pay her like my like uh, paper route money. And I would just be like, here, this is for the whatever, like Manny Ramirez game use cleat card. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was it's 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 a it's a rush. Oh my goodness, is yeah. it ever? Yeah, I mean, I stray away from sports betting these days. It's very similar to gambling. Yeah, it. I mean, it is. It totally yeah. is gambling. But I mean, the rush on the other side is even bigger because you might get a Jonathan Arau. I mean, the potential, <laughs> you know, prize yeah. oh, is I a was, team issue. I was already Norris. looking forward to, like I said, taking BP with a couple of buddies. You wearing it, out, it during you know, a show would have been hilarious. Yeah, I know. I, that's how I would have done it too. I would have waited till we were on Zoom and put it on. Probably would have lied to my friends and been like, "Yeah, the socks just gave." it to me yeah yeah I know. yeah you ever plan a lie to your buddies <laughs> lying's the best uh, uh anyway yeah do you have another one other story yes um we're currently shooting in the eei studios um and we're we're filming this episode uh and we needed a light as it's uh 12 37 in the morning right now so it's not exactly uh mm. too bright outside yeah so we needed a light i stopped at best buy on the way down grabbed a ring light uh and Ring lights come in boxes that are built for 13-year-old girls because that's who's <laughs> buying ring lights. So the box says vlogging kit <laughs> and, you know, people, you know, cooking on the box and whatever. And uh, I wanted to shove this thing into my bag to bring it in here. Mm. But I just, I mean, I just couldn't. It's too big. It's too big. And so I ended up just like bringing the box with me and it just looked, it just looked dorky. And like, I know that there's this whole like influencer attitude. (laughs) And I was just trying to hide. I made it through the entrance so quick, like through the media gate. I was like, heck yeah. Not a lot of people there. Zoomed right down the tunnel and elevator doors opening. Like, let's go hop right in just me and one other guy I'm like whatever who like gonna hide this thing right away and i look up and the dude next to me is heimbloom <laughs> and i just felt like a doofus dude i know it's not that big of a deal it's just a, it's a ring light yeah but i'm just i just get so self-conscious about those things that it's like you look like a dork you look like a dweeb and i've never formally met heim i've been nearby yeah i've i i assume that he Knows that I'm around you, mm. and he knows what you do. Yeah, so he must assume that I'm part. I of think. It. I think he probably knows who you are. He probably knows who I am. Yeah, I just think I look. And he's like probably a- like, "Get a load of this doofus." That's probably what he thinks. He's- Joey, I gotta be honest, and I already told you this, but yeah. like, 
Now that I saw the case for this thing, I thought it was way girlier when you described it than when I saw it. Because seeing it, it's really not that bad. I mean, it does have like vlog girls on. It's like TikTok girls, right? Like it's yeah. like it's like Addison Ray. It's the equivalent of her like on the cover. So I get it, but it's also like black. I thought this was like pink or something. Like I thought it was way more girly than it actually is. I it I was just expecting the whole time for Heim to turn to me and be like Really? Oh, are you a TikToker now? <laughs> oh, yeah, you're oh. doing that now? Yeah. No, I, I, I don't. the Renegade together? <laughs> that's what everyone's and still doing. And like spit in my face or something. Yeah, and that's what yeah, he did. Kick me. And- but that is funny, but I, I'm sure he didn't think any less of you because of it. Yeah. Well, only one way to find out. Yeah. We got text. Hey, we're, right we're going to have him on. We're going to have him on. So I honestly think we should bring that up when he's on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so probably. that's fair. And there's been some other funny Heim stuff this year. I know in Detroit... He was kind of trying to like hide and and be like incognito, and someone like caught him. The um, scream. What? What's that? The scream. The scream. Yeah, yeah. So we got some Heim stuff to bring up to him. Uh, closing thoughts, real quick. I this is self promotion, Joey. I gotta get. I've had enough. Mm-hmm. I need to get to ten thousand Instagram followers and ten thousand TikTok <laughs> followers. I just I've had enough. I've been in the nines on both mm-hmm. of those for over a month, and mm-hmm. it's just it's driving me nuts. Basically, just. If you guys don't follow him, just just follow me. Like I and I hate when people say, "Oh, follow me," but follow me. That that's you, what I'm doing. You've had nine thousand TikTok for like a year. It's oh, it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a long time. Well, I, I haven't. I'm finally getting back into talk. Mm-hmm. I got back into talk during the Celtics playoff run because mm-hmm. you know we're going to a lot of games, and then I've had a couple recently that blew up from Game Six mm-hmm. uh, when the Celtics lost and the Warriors won the title. <sighs> the other final thought I have, also known as a closing thought, is. Chris Sale struck out Wander Franco. Yep. So he should be set to return to the Red Sox for the Cleveland series tomorrow. <laughs> he's, yeah. He's tomorrow. coming back. Off he's coming back tomorrow, and I really can't wait. The real last closing thought I have is Joey. This is still a real issue with the handshakes, and I almost had a real bad one with Will Fleming tonight, mm-hmm. but recovered at the last second. He's a handshake guy. I was going to do a fist bump, but then he had the hand open the whole time, and I had to switch to the, the handshake the last second. I think I'm I'm trying to spread more fist bumps. Like I'm trying to do more of that mm-hmm. so that people understand that's what I do. Mm-hmm. But I keep getting caught in these like I was taking a picture with this kid and then he, you know I was like, "All right, man." And, and he 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 like had his hand out and I had the fist out. So I went to the hand and then he went to the fist. It's a classic mix-up right, and then I just right. like I just like put my hand around his hand and it was like so weird. I basically just like held and moved my hand around his hand. I'm like if I die right now, I'm totally fine with it. This is the most uncomfortable thing of all time. So if you're listening, dude, my bad. I basically just like rubbed your hand. It was it was weird, but um, it's tough, man. It's a tough life out here. Guys don't know how to handshake. So two things. Yeah. One, you. I want you to know you're doing the right thing because yeah. you have to. You have to establish yourself as a kind of guy. I'm establishing when, myself as a fist bump guy. Because when people were when you told me today that you had that run in with Will Fleming, my first thought was, how do you mess up Will Fleming? He's a handshake guy. I didn't know. You got to know that. Yeah. You, you got to know that, Steve. I'll I'll teach you. I'll show terrible. you the ways around this uh, place. Ways around these handshakes. Yeah. yeah. You handshake Will Fleming. But you got to establish yourself as a kind of guy. So when people see Steve, they go, oh, he's a fist bump guy. Yeah. Right. Do not waver. And if there's a bad run in. Like guy who just puts his hand out and whatever, you lean into it. You gotta just you can't act normal about it. You gotta point it out. Yeah. And then you, you gotta overdo it and be like, uh uh-huh, and make the weird not weird. 
by, by being, being weird. weird. I, okay, weird cancels out weird. Yep. I think that's fair. That's, that's a good way to look at it. Uh, Will Fleming going to come on the show soon. I am very excited for that interview. He is awesome, and I look up to Will. I really do. He's he's a gem. He's a he's a really nice guy. He's, he's also re- awesome at this. So great at the, yeah. He's so much fun to listen to. We we've been talking about him and Kistigs yeah on the on the radio broadcast for a while now. They're awesome. Yeah, and it's great to have their calls on the show. That will do it for episode twenty seven of Inside the Monster, the Carlton Fisk episode. Uh, the next you will hear from us is breaking down this series coming up here, previewing this series That's coming up word. here. Yeah, breaking down's not it. Previewing the series. With the Red Sox and the Guardians. The Cleveland Guardians. Feels natural? Not at all. Nope. For Joey Capone, I am Steve Peralt. Go Sox Kid. Inside the Monster is a production of Odyssey in partnership with the Boston Red Sox. The show is produced by me, Steve Peralt. Our executive producer is Lena Glazer. Mixing and video editing by Joey Capone. Special thanks to the Red Sox and Major League Baseball for their contributions to the production of this podcast.